0: The Rural Health Voice, Episode 26, Chronic Care
1: Management.
0: Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. How can community health workers be used to improve chronic care management? Kenya Elliott, Community Care Coordinator at Piedmont Access to Health Services, and Amanda Young, Program Manager for the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research, discuss how their program is helping people in their community maximize their health outcomes. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. Hey,
2: Beth. Hello. Hi, Beth.
0: So first things first, tell me what is a community health worker? Kenya, do you want to go? Do you want me to go? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: A community health worker um, is a lay member of the community. And what community health workers do are they help improve health outcomes by addressing not only medical needs, but also social needs.
0: And how are Piedmont Access to Health Services and the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research working together to provide CHW services to the community?
2: Yeah, so this project, so on top of Paths and the Institute, um, this is a collaborative project. So we also have Gateway Health that has four community health workers. And then we um, partner with the Housing Authority. So when we first started looking at... um, Chronic illness, and then uh, in our area, and then overutilization of the emergency department in our area. We brought out a map that um, really portrayed the and really showed the nine one one calls within um, our area, and we saw that there was a lot of those overutilization calls coming out of the housing authorities. So we have six community health workers that are stationed at Pas Community Medical Center and they are stationed at six of those neighborhoods of the Housing Authority. So we wanted them to be there to be present to help build those relationships with um, you know the residents. So those community health workers are stationed within the neighborhoods. Then we have four community health workers that are stationed. In their car, basically. So our our territory is not only the city of Danville, but also Pittsylvania County. We all know Pittsylvania County is one of the largest counties in Virginia, and then we also have um, Caswell County, North Carolina. So we go across state lines. So four of those community health workers are in their car, you know, going out and serving the community that is in the counties. And so we partner together to make sure that myself as a program manager is doing a lot of the advocacy in the background and collecting the data that the community health workers are, you know, Gathering and then also helping tell their story publicly about all that they are accomplishing, the goal, and all the great work that they've done. Then the Housing Authority, you know, helps with, um, you know, office space for the community health workers. They help rally and to community events for residents in the communities. And then our, and then Paz and Gateway hold our community health workers.
0: Tell me more about what community health workers do on a day to day basis, sure, so community health workers they are um, they're definitely meeting
1: clients where they are and building relationships with individuals that are struggling with managing their chronic illnesses um, and they're also establishing goals with these individuals um, where the client can obtain culturally appropriate health education and information. They're also bridging the gap between communities and health and social service systems. Um, They're real big on advocating for individuals and community needs, providing direct services. So they're non-clinical, but they do um, possess possess skills such as taking blood pressure checks and glucose checks, Um, and they're also building individual and community capacity, our program is a 90-day program and our services are free. So the community health workers are working with individuals going into the homes, building these relationships to help improve their um, health outcomes um, and most definitely tackling um, any social barriers that they're facing. Because what we're seeing is that is influencing their health more than just, you know, going to the doctor. They, they're having a lot of social barriers that are really affecting their health. Um, so once they tackle that, then they can kind of come full circle and tackle both um, components, social um, barriers, as well as their chronic illnesses.
2: And I think Kenya really made a get really good comment is that that relationship building, that is the biggest day-to-day for community health worker changes, no matter what who their client is. But that relationship building is their number one you know, most important job duty because there's, you know, th- that building trust, building rapport, you know, breaking down walls. That's the biggest thing that they, you know, and what they are most prideful about is the relationships that they make, and you know, just reputation that they hold. So i I
0: believe Kenya said that there's no charge for the services. Why? Why are these services being offered if it's not generating revenue? How are you justifying that expense?
2: So our program is a grant-funded program. We have, um, and this is, we're getting ready to hit our fourth year. So we wanted to make this these services free because they, you know, once again, it helps, you know, bring the clientele in which we need to serve and then also helps build that trust. Um, we all have been working with the um, Virginia Community Health Worker Association and advocacy team um, that's representative from all over the state. You know, we accomplished getting the community health worker as a certifiable workforce within the state. Yay. And so now we're working, um, advocating with the General Assembly now that Medicaid expansion has come through to say, hey, these are the outcomes that our community health workers have have done. And you know, just working with this clientele one-on-one. And these are the impacts that they are having on the chronic illnesses within our area and help improving, you know, um, health, uh, health rankings. So this is really important for this to be a reimbursable um, service in which, um, you know, insurance can reimburse Medicaid, Medicare. Um, We're really working with the Medicare population and Medicaid in order to make that happen. So we're working for it. But right now our services are free because we're seeing that, you know, that has been the biggest and most effective way to really make sure that we're getting, you know, all these individuals connected to the right resources.
0: So on many levels, you're talking about the social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do they factor into the whole process? So upon
1: doing this program and when we first um, began, um, what we were seeing was our community health workers Again, with health, it's more than just going to the doctor's office. Um, social barriers and social determinants um, play a huge factor in some in, in individuals' lives. And when we first started working with our clients, what we were seeing were was transportation. Um, using an example of a social determinant, was a huge issue for our area, um, our region. And so the community health workers, you know, they were working um, hand in hand trying to um, find these resources for individuals and more so is getting individuals that need specialty care, getting them to and from um, finding services that offer transportation services to get individuals to a primary care provider or a specialist. Um, Also, the community health workers, they help with navigation. So even clients that May have insurance and have transportation services within their insurance. They just didn't know how to navigate the, um, the services. So a lot of knowledge based education. We do a lot of that. Um, but what we are seeing is the social factors, they play a large role, um, in an individual's life. And once we're able to tackle that, then we can then talk about the chronic illness. Because if someone is unable to put food on their table and they're diabetic, they're less concerned about their chronic illness when they're having to provide for their families.
2: And so I want to give a prime example, Beth. Um, we had a client in the very beginning that she was going to the doctor, regular doctor visits, was on, uh, you know, never missed a beat. But she, when she left the doctor's office, you know, she wasn't taking her, she was diagnosed with diabetes, you know, wasn't doing what the doctor, the provider asked her to do at home. The provider had no idea really what was going on. Well, that's when we got the referral for a community health worker, community health worker went in and it took some time to really figure out what was going on. Well, it comes, you know, comes to find out she she can't read and no one knew that and it was a pride thing like I mean she didn't want to express hey I can't read I don't know what's going I don't know what medication to take or when to take it I can't you know really read how to you know the instructions on how to do my insulin and stuff like that or where to go for certain appointments So the community health worker worked with her and was able to work with the pharmacy and getting her bubble packs for her medicine and, you know, worked with color coding and stuff like that to help her. I mean, it's issues like that. I mean, it's the social determinants that really kind of overcome these, you know, medical issues. They want to deal with that first.
0: Sure. I mean, we had an entire podcast episode on the issue of health literacy and some of the barriers that, you know, we may take for granted being able to read or understanding medical terminology when the fact is not everybody can. Right. So is the role of the community health worker different in a rural community than an urban area?
2: I mean, I will say, yeah. I mean, especially, um, you know, Our community health workers, we, so we have monthly meetings where all the community health workers come together so they can share resources, they can share stories and, um, You know, one of the community health workers was dealing with people just coming in our office, asking to do all this stuff, not really enrolling in our program. And we're like, whoa, wait, you need to get them enrolled instead of helping them fill out this paperwork. I mean, you're known as a, you know, a resource right then and there. You know, as far as rule is, you know, you're having to set up appointments with people to go meet them at their home or go meet them somewhere. You can't always be, you know, the constant oh, I know that Kenya's in her office this week because I can just walk down the street and get there. Um, transportation is huge. You know, the community health workers are having, uh, you know, really a hard time within the counties. You know, transportation, like Kenya said, is a huge, is the big thing because they don't have transportation. You know, that's the biggest issue, Um our transportation is a uh, a barrier, so we're seeing a lot of different barriers depending on you know urban versus rural. But you know the fact that the community health workers can go out to these individuals and um, and set up appointments to meet with them, that has been our biggest win within the counties. Um, but yeah, I think that it, you know, it's not as, it's more scheduled and more has a lot of more coordination out in the rural, um, communities versus, you know, an urban where you can just walk down the street. It's more pop-ups and it's more, you know, community events that can just, um, you know, grow organically. Um, I think that's been our biggest, you know, difference between the two. And just to piggyback, Beth, on that,
1: um, we are seeing that there are limited resources in our rural areas, um, which also causes limitations for our clients as well as our community health workers. So our community health workers are really, really big with advocating. Um, and like Amanda said, we do come together um, as a team, but we also have other quarterly meetings where we come together with stakeholders, and we can actually advocate and um, inform stakeholders and partners um, of what we're identifying in these areas to hopefully bring resources to these communities to help with those limitations.
0: Sure. Working to identify the needs so we can put the resources where they're needed the most. Right. Right. Are there strengths in rural communities that you don't find in the urban areas? I would say in
1: in rural areas, what we've seen, there is that close knit, um, Mm -hmm. you know, They've, they, they're kind of set where they've all, it's always been like this. Um, and they just kind of find their way. So a lot of times, you know, at first, when we first started working, we kind of got a little bit of pushback because they were, you know, individuals that have always done things a certain way. They're like, hold on, who are you? Um, but then once again, like we said, trust is a, is a major factor that, we gain. We try to gain. Once they realize what we're doing, who we are, then um, they open up and they see that we're we're genuinely there to help. And um, you know, building these relationships, it really, really helps. So that close knit community. Um, partnership within the community just coming together. We do see that more in, you know, rural areas and them trying to, you know, just figure it it out themselves. And although that is a strength, a lot of times um, it becomes a barrier when someone is coming in to try to bring new things. Um, But again, we have been, I would say, amazing with You know, gaining their trust and um, showing them that hey, there are actually services and resources that can help you with these needs. Um, So,
2: yeah, and I think also one of the biggest things, and you know, that I love about you know the rural community is. They have some advocates, like if there's resources that are missing, if they know that it's something that they need in their community, we are right there with them and, you know, yelling and knocking on doors and, um, you know, getting signatures and stuff like that. They want to provide for their community and they are really, not that Urban is not, but Urban has a lot more resources than um, the clients that we serve in uh, the, rural pop- the rural community. So, you know, they are all about advocating and really making sure that at least, you know, their voices are heard.
0: We talked a little bit about the social determinants of health. Do you see a difference between improving health care and improving health? When you say health care, like
1: ac- access to health, that that is something... Um, I think once you improve access, then that opens up a whole array, um, of ideas, opportunities to improve health, um, because that, that's a huge barrier, um, and a huge challenge, um, not just, you know, in our region, but nationwide. You hear it a lot as far as access to health. And luckily, you know, Virginia, um, launching Medicaid expansion, that actually helped, you know, amazingly. It, re- it really did. It, it was able, it allowed individuals that had never been able to get insurance, affordable insurance, um, to help them with their chronic illnesses um, to now they're eligible and they can actually have a doctor and they can see. So I think improving access to health, um, you know, it, it definitely can improve health outcomes. Um, and the more the work that we're doing especially with the overutilization of the hospitals reducing that for non-emergent re- non-emergent reasons that also helps with healthcare costs. So I think overall, um, improving these health outcomes um, and addressing these social determinants altogether, it definitely improves the health of our region and our nation.
2: Yeah. And uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off that. It's Also, what we're learning is defining what improving health is for these individuals, because it could very much be different from each individual. You know, if we can make one one impact with one individual to help, you know, giving health literacy on eating healthy with diabetes or had taking them, introducing them in the farmer's market where they can get fresh foods. Um, you know, that's a huge impact for us, um, even though, you know, the larger scale is, okay, well, we want to see this person, you know, they're... Um, their levels go to a certain level in order to see improvement and stuff. If it's just that one small step that is so impactful for us. Now, the two of you have agreed to
0: be one of my breakout session leaders for the Rural Health Voice Conference in November, and I very much thank you for that. What, what, (laughs) What do you hope people gain from attending that session?
2: I mean, I think our biggest thing is that, you know, whenever we say, you know, uh, chronic care management, you know, everybody thinks of goal setting, you know, doing these outcomes, it's really kind of you know, making people to realize, hey, this is different for every, each individual person. Um, You know, making sure that they understand that everyone has a story and that this person might have a chronic illness that they're having a hard time managing, but what is the underlying factor? What is that social determinant that's holding them back? And if we all take time to really figure out and help I don't want to say handhold, but really navigate the system to figure out this individual's needs, no matter what it may be, you know, all in all, it's going to help improve this individual's health. I think that's at least my biggest, our biggest, um, you know, mission to uh, express with it that, you know, 99.9% of the time when someone is dealing with a chronic illness and, you know, dealing with chronic, you know, illness, chronic care management you know what's other social determinants are going in the background
1: and just to piggyback off of Amanda I'm looking forward to advocating uh, the community health workers because they are a huge asset to the healthcare care delivery system um, especially when we're t- when we're talking about chronic care management um, building those Relationships with providers, our community health workers are those providers' eyes and ears. So this is this workforce is amazing, and it's it's showing um, our outcomes are really really showing how integrating community health workers within the healthcare delivery system is not only helping individuals but it's also helping the healthcare delivery system itself.
2: Mm-hmm. It's always we always preach about it. It's not quantity. Over quality, it's always quality over quantity when it comes to really that chronic care management.
0: If someone in a rural community was concerned about health and health care in their area, what could they do? What steps could they take?
1: Reaching out to, um, making sure that they do have a primary care provider. And if they do not have a primary care provider, um, most definitely finding one. Um, hopefully, if they are in, you know, a region that has a community health worker, um, community health workers, they don't just have that specific name. They're, they have several names. So they're community advocates, but finding that community champion. Um, to get them connected to the proper resources, um, connected to primary care, um, but finding out who in the community can help assist, because um, once once they find that that link, um, that's 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 just
0: bridging the gap. If you could do anything, and I'm going to make each of you answer this, but if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America?
2: Make community health workers a certifiable workforce in all the, the regions and rural regions, and also make them the refundable, a billable service because, you know, no matter where you are, who you came from, some that the system is hard to navigate through sometimes and really, you know, helping and assisting and trying to, um, make appointments, keep up with appointments, you know, where can i access healthy foods where is access to um healthy spaces and living um you know having a community health worker no matter who you are you know helps 110% navigating this um i think that would be my biggest i would love to see community you know community health workers have the impact nationally and Amanda stole my answer <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so i I totally agree with Amanda um, community health workers are it, it is an it, it's a nation a national workforce it, it's something that is not just new to it's new to our region but it's you know it's national um, and it's being done so if the word could get out more to other regions, other areas um, of what an asset they are to rural areas. Um, I mean, we work with even reentry. Um, we we do a lot as far as getting connected with individuals and showing them the way, navigating them through the system um, related to health and social needs. So, most definitely advocating for our community health workers nationwide.
0: All right, thank you, ladies, and I look forward to seeing you in November. Yes, looking forward to it. Thank you, Beth. That's Kenya Elliott and Amanda Young reminding us that everyone has a story, and part of helping people be healthy is to figure out what's holding them back. If you want to be part of the conversation about rural health, join Kenya, Amanda, and all of our session leaders at the Rural Health Voice Conference in November. For details, visit vrha.org and click the event tab at the bottom right-hand side of the page. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.